Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. I'm really excited today. We are going to be uh, starting uh, our study of 1 John. So we're back uh, in uh, the uh, New Testament. We uh, finished up Jonah, and uh, boy, what a great book Jonah was. And um, uh, for me, Jonah was such a powerful message of reconciliation, being reconciled to your own sin, being reconciled to the... um, the sin uh, of others, being able to forgive um, your fellow man, and then also being reconciled at that point to God in God's love, being able to be joyful in forgiving one another and in in finding joy in the forgiveness of your sins. So uh, being reconciled to God allows you to be reconciled in his righteousness. And there's no anger, there's no sorrow in being reconciled to God. You're not you're not being reconciled like you're, you know, just getting over being punished. No, you're reconciled into joy. And, you know, we touched on the example of the prodigal son coming home. And when he finally comes home, his his father is celebratory. You know, killing the fatted calf and having a great celebration. But, you know, the interesting thing was the prodigal son's brother was angry. You know, why are you making such a big fuss over my brother who wasted all the all the money, all the family money, and spent it on, you know, terrible living, you know? And the father says, no, it's right to celebrate. Your brother was dead and is now alive again. And so this is the, the gospel message is... Um, is life and being reconciled and being forgiven not only of your sin but to be able to forgive the sins of one another and now this book of first john is you know being or you know written by john the apostle you know he's an apostle of jesus and it's for me it's kind of a a window into a special Apostle, a special relationship. We're going to get um, another uh, 
chapter, another little letter written from John, the beloved apostle. He was, um, he had a special relationship with the Lord. And so who better to write this, this, uh, this letter than, than John? And again, this, um, has, it's a short book. It's got five little, um, uh, chapters here, but you know, my study Bible says, read it like a letter. Think paragraphs, because that's the style he was writing. He kind of goes from one topic to another topic, and he he's, he's um, putting a lot out here. And uh, so he probably wrote uh, the Gospel of John um, earlier when he was back uh, in, in the land of Israel, and then he probably writes this letter um First John from Ephesus, he was probably there. Ephesus was the great city in uh, Asia Minor. Um, it was a wealthy uh, port city. It was a Roman province at that time, you know, and it had their own religious temples. The Temple of Artemis was one of the wonders of the ancient world, you know, real powerful city. So John's writing probably this letter from there, and then later... Uh, in life, um, uh, he was exiled on the island of uh, Patmos, <clears throat> which is <clears throat> out in the Aegean Sea, a little bit uh, westward of Ephesus. So, so you know, John's. Uh, this is where John is now. But we are going to get a window into John's. Uh, um, characterization of Jesus. He was the beloved disciple. He reclined next to Jesus at the Last Supper. He stood at the foot of the cross when Jesus was crucified. Jesus <clears throat> entrusted John with his mother Mary, uh, as he, you know, and he's looking down on the cross. He was entrusting Mary to John. John had Jesus's trust, and. Along with Peter, he witnessed the empty tomb on the first Easter morning. He ate with um, by the lake um, over a fire uh, that Jesus had made for them after he showed himself uh, at, at one point uh, after he was resurrected. And um, so, you know, this fella, as my study Bible indicates, is very, very qualified to write about what he saw and others had seen and heard. They had gazed upon Jesus, you know, and they used the, the phrase gaze. It's almost like a deep, long looking to gaze, not just a glance, but a gaze. And McGee makes the point, too, that Christ is some, something, somebody you gaze at to just appreciate. And they touched Jesus. They handled Jesus. Why? Because he showed them his wounds. His body, his resurrected body, had been marred by his crucifixion. He traded his perfectness for our imperfectness. And so this is, you know, this is what we're getting ready to see. We're getting ready, and we've been studying, you know, the different um, aspects of, of Christ, 
But we're getting ready to really, I think, you know, from this intensely personal person here, really see more of Christ. And so in the in the gospel, according to John, the gospel message, this is Jesus's ministry back in in the in the book of John in chapter one. He starts off and I'll just read uh, just for a few verses here because it's all the description of Christ. But but he's describing Christ, you'll notice, not so much as, hey, you know, this is Jesus Christ, the person. He's describing Christ as the divine Christ. He starts off much like Genesis starts off in the beginning, just like Genesis starts off in the beginning. So Christ transcends time. Christ transcends place. Christ transcends humanity. So he's not speaking about Christ in human terms. Christ is now, he is describing Christ from heavenly terms. So let's, before we start reading in 1 John, let's contrast how 1 John starts off as opposed to, to the book of John, the gospel book of John. So let me start off reading the gospel book of John, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, so in the beginning of time was the Word of God. And and he's describing this relationship that the Word of God was God, and the Word was with God. So it's this description, and he's and he's in the process of describing Christ, but he just starts off his description of Christ as the actual Word of God. He describes Christ as the actual presence of God, but at the same time as a personification of God that was with God at the same time. So Christ is going to be the personification of God's Word. Christ is going to be the personification of God's presence. But He was going to be the personification of God's presence and Word and being for a purpose. Because this Word is going to become flesh. This presence of God is going to become flesh. He he was, so now He's talking about, again, this this person here, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In other words, everything was made for him and by him. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So this description of Christ as being the Word of God, being with God, being being God, being all things, and now describing Him being life itself and being light itself, the light of men. And the light has often, you know, will be referred to as truth, the light that will shine in darkness. And so this contrast of Christ being light and the world being dark, Christ being life, the world being death. <clears throat> and Christ is life itself. 
life itself. Now, we're all used to thinking that we're being alive, but according to this description, we're really death. We're, we're dead without Christ. Now, we think we're alive, but we're already dead. And that's a tremendous concept. And you think to yourself, well, I'm, I'm alive. I'm doing my thing. I don't need Christ. And by this description, you're already dead. You think you're, you're alive, but you're dead. And everything that you touch will die. But everything Christ's presence touches is life and light. Okay? A very um, um, divine description of Christ. He hasn't even described Christ as a, as a man, you know, at this point. It's just all the divine nature of Christ. And it's so holy and so divine, it, it transcends uh, a mortal description. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so then, in uh, again, the Gospel of John, we drop down to verse 14, and the Word, we're talking about the Word again, became flesh and dwelt among us. He's talking about Christ now becoming flesh. And we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay? So in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. That's talking about Christ. That's talking about Jesus Christ, His divine, His divine nature. His, so, so we see that contrasting now with 1 John. So now 1 John, he's probably writing this letter um, to the folks over in Ephesus and these churches around this area. So John's already written this powerful description to um, the, the brothers, the early Christian churches um, in um, Israel or, or, or you know, in, in the land of Israel around this time. Uh, but now he's writing this letter in Ephesus, probably to some of these early churches around this area too. So we're going to, let's, let's see how, how he begins to describe uh, Jesus Christ again in, in his letter in 1 John. Okay, 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, okay, he's talking about in the beginning again, and that He's, talk, he's referencing already Jesus Christ, but he's, again, not referencing Jesus Christ as a man. He's referencing Jesus Christ's eternal being, um, his divine nature. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, okay, so we've heard this, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands, Concerning the word of life. Again, he is now describing Christ just like we did back in the Gospel of John as the word and as light, life and as light. He, he calls Jesus Christ the word of life. 
And then he says in verse 2, the life was made manifest. In other words, the life became flesh, made manifest. It was born. And we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life. Okay, talking about this word of life becoming flesh, becoming manifest. This word, this life, and he's describing it not only as the word of life itself, but the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. He's, again, using this phrase to be made manifest again. It was with the Father in the beginning, but now made manifest. So he's the, the exact same concepts. He's just describing it in a different way, using different phrases, but it's all the same. The word... You know, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word becomes flesh. That's what we saw in John. Now we're describing it as in the beginning, the Word of life, the life was made manifest. We've seen it, we've heard it, we've, we've touched it. And touching, again, remi- we're reminded that Jesus allowed the apostles to touch him after he was resurrected, to examine his hands and his feet and even let Thomas put his hand in his side where the spear went in. So the word becomes flesh. We've seen it, and we testify to it, and we proclaim to you. In other words, John is even using a bigger, a bigger kind of a um, phrase here. We're not only we're not only talking about it; we are proclaiming it. It's they're proclaiming it as if they're witnessing it. So that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So, the purpose of this... um, of Jesus Christ being made manifest to us is not only the gospel message and as we said before being reconciled to your sin being reconciled to the sins of others being able to forgive one another and then being reconciled to God because of this ministry because of God's love now you have love for one another you receive God's love you give God's love So we have this personification of God coming to the world in the person of Jesus Christ. Why? So that you can have fellowship with God. And he's talking about this fellowship. So that you too can have fellowship. And it's a fellowship based on God's love. It's not a fellowship like, uh, you know, I believe in Jesus, now I go to church. It is based on love. That's the relationship that Christians have with one another because the relationship that Christians have with one another is based on the relationship with God the Father and Jesus Christ, His Son. That relationship is the basis for our relationship. God's love. 
And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father. So Christians not only have a relationship now with the Father in heaven through Jesus, but we have a relationship with one another. So that you, too, may have fellowship with us. So he's saying, you can have fellowship with us, Christians, fellowshipping with one another as we have now relationships based on the fellowship with the Son, Jesus Christ, to His Father. And he says in verse 4, And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. When we have fellowship with Jesus Christ and God the Father through Jesus Christ, we have joy. We have eternal life. We have the word of truth. We have the life. We have eternal life. We have the truth, which is the light of the world. And we have the love of God. We have fellowship with one another in love. And that completes... That completes... Um, our joy that is that completes our joy and we see later on in first john chapter 4 it's talking about god's love in verse 12 no one has ever seen god if we love one another god abides in us and his love is perfected in us so we perfect god's love when we give god's love away in ourselves just as Jesus Christ gave God's love away, God being in Him and with Him. Now we have God in us. We have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And just as Jesus Christ gave that love away, we can give that love away. Just as Jesus Christ gave that light away, that truth to the world in darkness, we also can proclaim God's truth in a world of darkness. God abides in us just as God abides with Christ. We have that same relationship and we have the same joy that comes from eternal life, from eternal truth. Christians are called to be joyful people. Christians are called to be happy. So there's, there's you know, Love is an emotion that comes with joy. And so when we're, when we, you know, when we're, if we're living day to day and we're not, we're not joyful about what we're doing, we've got to, we've got to slow down and understand that if we're, if we haven't found things to be joyful about, we probably have a problem with our own pride or our own self-centeredness. And that's preventing us from being joyful. So uh, it's a great way to start this study of 1 John, being joyful. Because there's so many things right now going on with the world today that make you sad. The politics, the, 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 the hatred uh, going on around the world right now, and the bitterness, and all this other stuff that you read about in the news. Christians are called to be joyful. Because we have the light of truth 
in this dark world. We have the the word of life in this dark world. So let our joy be complete. So we'll stop here today. I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, take it away. God bless you all. Keep your heart centered on Christ, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hello. So today we begin our teaching in the New Testament book of 1 John, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, all the way to verse 4. So we just concluded our study in the book of Jonah, an exciting and interesting book. And the main theme in the book of Jonah is the resurrection um, of Christ. So God raised the dead. So Jonah was in a fish for three nights and three days and three nights, and he was raised by God. So the great theme of the New Testament, and uh, that's the lesson we got from Jonah, is on missions as well. So Jonah was on a mission to go and deliver a message to the Ninevites about their impending judgment. So, so the great theme of the New Testament, you know, it's not only that Christ died for our sins, but that he rose on the third day according to scripture. And part of that scripture is in the book of Jonah. So we hear a lot uh, of teachings about the death of Christ. It's always, oh, he died for us, he died for us. Um, and very few teachings about the resurrection of Christ. It would be nice to actually have a lot of um, study and teachings. If you go to church, um, you know, where they say they're teaching every day that he has risen, he is risen. So First John deals with life in Christ. So how we are going to live it. So this book talks about the fact that God is light, God is love, and God is life. So verse 1 of chapter 1 is a section that is labeled God is light. And it covers the section, this uh, section up to chapter 2, verse 2. Uh, and we are in what we've labeled, you know, the prologue. So verse 1 um, of First John chapter 1 reads, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard. So here, um, the beginning that uh, John is talking about here is the incarnation. So when the word became flesh. So he is speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ when he was here on earth. So uh, it goes on to say, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, um, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. So here uh, it says, which we have heard. So John is not giving, you know, just his opinions from out of his head, what he thinks, uh, or neither is he giving speculation. He is talking about the fact that he heard the Lord Jesus Christ, and when uh he listened to him he listened to god so um the lord jesus christ here on earth was um you know god in the flesh so when he listened to the lord jesus christ he listened to god and this is god speaking to man and then um he also goes and say which we have seen with our eyes so which we have seen with our eyes we can't see him with our eyes as John did 
because he was there but we are not there but we can see him with the eyes of faith if we believe in the word so peter told us whom having not seen you love so we get to love god if we have faith we get to love god we get to see him in our faith through faith so when the lord jesus christ spoke to thomas after his resurrection when thomas did not believe until he could actually see jesus christ said to him um, and that was in john chapter 20 verse 29 let me just turn to the book of john so john 20 29 reads um jesus said to him thomas because you have seen me you have believed blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed so the lord jesus christ said this so today we are walking by faith and we can have the lord jesus christ made real to us um as he made uh made it real as he um you know appeared to thomas uh, so we have seen him by the eyes of faith. So if we have faith, we have seen the Lord Jesus Christ. And blessed are we who actually believe who haven't seen him, you know, because we have that much faith. So verse 1 um, also states, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. So um, here, um, oh, sorry. Um, sorry, it also goes on to say, sorry which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. So, um, you know, we have looked upon him. So in the introduction, Dr. J.V. McGee, like that was in yesterday's introduction, we didn't um, do the study yesterday because Dr. J.V. McGee was just introducing um, this book. So Dr. J.V. McGee actually pointed out that the word look comes from the word uh, theosty. So the word theater comes from this word and it's a greek word and it's a place where we actually go to look so as we said in the introduction um you know the look saves but the gaze sanctifies and we need to do more than just look for him so you know when we look for him and we say oh okay yeah we found the lord jesus christ and so what should we do you know our look uh well sorry our look should we should gaze upon him um and 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 we should just do more than look we should do something for christ so salvation after all we have done so um sorry we sorry what am i saying uh, sorry we need to do more than just look we need to uh you know to we need to do more than just look for uh for him you know for salvation after we have done so we need to actually gaze upon him with the eyes of faith so we need to believe so he says um, in verse 1 again, uh, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. So, you know, our hands have handled him. So in um, Luke 24, verse 39, um, it reads, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see me, for a spirit does not have flesh and bone as you see i have so here he is speaking to his own you know his um apostles in the upper room after his resurrection that's the lord jesus christ so they handled him 
you know, because, you know, when he was here on earth, he was uh, flesh and blood. And then when he died and resurrected, now he was flesh and bone. So he was saying, handle me. So John says, our hands handled him. And this means that, you know, he knew what it was to, um, to, uh, you know, to, to, to recline upon his bosom before his death and resurrection. And afterwards he felt his hand. So, um, so he saw the nail prints, uh, and it was the word made flesh. So in the beginning there was a word and the word was, you know, became flesh and that was uh, Christ. So God, um, manifest in flesh and, um, you know, there arose at a time, you know, after Paul's death, that was about 67 AD. So they, at that time, there arose a heresy in the church, and it was called Gnosticism. So, um, you know, it's the opposite of um, agnosticism. So agnostics are those who actually say they don't know. So, you know, they, they tend to argue like, oh, they don't believe in Christ and all. And their argument is based on the fact is on the fact that they actually don't know. So um, these uh, agnostics are, you know, what would term ignoramuses. So those who don't believe the Bible because they just don't know. They try to come out smart and say, you know, I don't believe this. I don't believe that. But they just don't know um, because they haven't come to that saving faith. They just don't believe. So agnostics say, I don't know. And Gnostics, who are the opposites of agnostics, so they say, I do know. And this is the group that actually arose after Paul the Apostle died. And, you know, they claim to have, you know, that super knowledge. And we actually have such kind of people who just are like know-it-alls. So these people, um, you know, claim to have super knowledge to any of the other Christians around them that um, the other Christians were just simpletons. They were just simple folk, but they, them, the um, Gnostics, uh, they were super saints because they had reached that level of enlightenment or whatever it is they were uh, thinking they had reached. And, you know, they knew a little bit more than anyone else because they felt like, oh, okay, God actually revealed himself more to us um, than to you. So um, Gnosticism came up with um, ideas which were heretic, you know, they were heresy. And one of the things they actually came up with was what was, um, was what was true was that Jesus was just a man when he was born, like any other man. But at his baptism, the Christ came upon him. And then at his death, when he was put on the cross, the Christ left him. So that was one of the ideas they came up with. So John tells us that the word was born flesh. You know, when Christ was born, he didn't lose his deity. No, he just came down here on earth. He came lower than the angels. He didn't lose his deity. He was still God in the flesh. So we have handled him. That's what John is saying here. <clears throat> we have handled the word of life. And we handled him after he came back from the dead. So they touched him after he came back from the dead and he was still a human being so he still had flesh and bone as we had read in the book of luke and john says um you know here we handled him that's in verse one so john is saying he's not talking about you know just a theory or something that he's just thought about 
uh, or that he's heard, but something that we actually know. And, you know, he wants to actually impart this because they have seen, they have heard, they have touched. So he wants to impart it on you and me uh, so that we uh, know what we actually, you know, they want to impart this knowledge on us, uh, what they know, um, so that we also know what they know. Verse 2 of 1 John goes on to read, The life was manifested and we have seen uh, and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, that which was with the Father and was manifested to us. So the life was manifested. So here it was brought out in the open where men could actually see him. And uh, eternal life is the word of life and it's the son uh Jesus Christ um, that's eternal life so eternal life is a person and he is Christ so you either have Christ or you don't so you either trust Christ or you don't and if you trust Christ you have eternal life so you have Christ if you have Christ you have eternal life uh, verse 3 goes on to read that which we have seen and heard we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus Christ so here we can have fellowship with God so he is telling us about this as believers um, you know as believers we can have fellowship with one another and our true fellowship is with the father we can also have fellowship with the father with God and the son Jesus Christ so the only way we can actually have fellowship with God is for us to know the Lord Jesus Christ that is um, you know God manifest in the flesh so there's the word so if we have Christ, we have we, we can have fellowship. Oop, if we know Christ and we know the Word, um, and we trust and believe, we can have fellowship with um, the with with the Lord Jesus Christ. But the dilemma comes in uh, that you know in the fact that you know God is a holy God, and we are unholy people down here. We simpletons, we human beings here, and this gulf, um, you know, how can it be bridged? So how can, uh, you know, like Amos has actually said, um, sorry, that yeah, that was Amos. He had actually said, how can two walk together except they be agreed? So if two people are not in agreement, they can't walk together. So God is holy. We are unholy. So how can we be in fellowship with him? So how can we have fellowship? And John will actually present three methods to get over this particular hurdle. So two of the methods... Uh, are mind made and um, and uh, and they are wrong out of the three methods that uh, John is going to point out and um, you know they won't work only one works and that's God's method and not the man made methods so what is fellowship okay so the Greek word is uh, koin I don't even know if I'm going to pronounce this right <laughs> koino koino neo Koinonio, I think, yeah, or something like that. <laughs> Koinonio, okay, who cares? It's, we're still talking about fellowship, so it means uh, what we have in common. So, the Greek translation for fellowship is what we have in common. For us to fellowship, we have to have something in common, right? Um, so, what you can share together, um, you know, for a believer, if we are to have fellowship with another, 
it means we have to share the things of Christ and this is the only way we can actually have fellowship and this means we should know the Lord Jesus Christ and not just know about him but must know him as our personal savior so it's one thing to actually just know about him like oh hey i know you know the lord jesus christ he died and he resurrected and uh you know it's one thing to know to 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 actually just know about him and it's another thing to know him as our lord and personal savior so fellowship for a believer means that we meet and share the things of christ because we know him and we can have fellowship with one another and we can have fellowship with him verse 4 goes on to read and these things we write to you that um, your joy may be full so this is the second reason um, he mentions here um, is that you know we might you know have a lot of joy you know, our joy may be full so that, you know, we may be overjoyed, you know, it may be full. So if we are having fellowship, we are not only having fellowship, um, you know, this can sometimes refer to an act of, um, fellowship, the following things, you know, com a communion service, giving, praying. So this is also like, um, um, an act of fellowship. So here we are talking about the experience of fellowship. So we're not only talking about having fellowship um, in this particular verse. It also means the experience of having fellowship. So that which will bring joy to us, which will fill us with joy, which will bring joy to us. And this is the ultimate aim of preaching. So preach is through um, the conviction and repentance. So salvation might come to us and it might bring great joy to the you know to our hearts so he wants us to have fun the lord jesus christ you know he just doesn't want us to be doubtful and just like oh we've gone to church and you know it's something that people just like okay um it's a ritual that i have to just you know get over and done with he wants us to have fun and he wants us to um you know but to be filled with joy you know when we fellowship with him we should enjoy it we should um look forward to it um, so it's that experience that he wants us to have um, and not just to just go have that, um, um, you know, that's just, you know, like uh, we're talking to, 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 to thing. He wants us to experience that fellowship fully and, you know, be filled with joy. So, yeah, this is today's teaching. Uh, well, uh, it's, it's just the introduction to the book of First John. And, um, you know, it's... it's um, it talks about, you know, family preaching, right? The family, being in the family. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that I'm looking forward to, you know, from the book of Jonah, you know, it talks about missions and, you know, God of second chances. And now here we're looking at God who is love, light, and life. You know, God is, sorry, light, love, and life, whichever order. But God is these three things, you know, the attributes and the character of God. So God is light. God is love and God is life. And John is, you know, enjoying a delightful fellowship with God. And he wants to impart what he knows on us so that we may also have, you know, a delightful um, uh, fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, who is light, love and life. And, um, you know, here uh, he, John desires that his, um, you know, and the Lord desires that his, that us, his spiritual children enjoy the same fellowship. So this is today's teaching. Thank you all for listening in. God bless and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.